There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare breaking down every game every day in major league baseball this is the baseball betting show here is your host greg peterson Hey, warmer brother Law, welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you guys. Joining me in segment number two, we've got aboard Jovan Alford. He does great work over at FTM Bets. We're going to be taking a look at the lay of the land with regards to a few of these playoff races. He is based out there in the great state of Pennsylvania, more specifically Philadelphia, so we're going to be checking in on that NL wildcard chase. We're going to be taking a look at the AOS as well as Right now, as we do this podcast, there are quite a few games off the board, but when it comes to those AL West games, we know relatively what we are getting there, so we're going to be diving in on those games and getting a little bit of a lay of the land there and some picks for this card for Thursday in the final segment. Going to get you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this Baseball Thursday as we touch them all. If you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at gnet underscore 81. Keep in mind, literacy, I'm Amy does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. And the other way, that's fine, an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Did not get in any Twitter questions today, but we had a fun day of baseball on Wednesday, and we got a little bit of cleanup for Tuesday as well. The Greg Peterson experience is from midnight to 3 Eastern time on VSIN, so do have to do these recaps a little bit earlier, so we got a little bit of cleanup from Tuesday, and we had a nice day on Wednesday, so let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The Rangers and the Diamondbacks had a rare day off on Wednesday. You don't see that very often, and in the Tuesday game, the Rangers left 12 men on base, and they lost by a count of 6-3 to Arizona for John Gray, it was 55 shades of gray for him as he gives up five runs, four of which were earned in his four innings. From there, the bullpen did a solid job. Jose Leclerc, two scoreless innings. Grant Anderson, a pair of outside the bullpen. And Brock Burke, he gave up a run in one and a third innings. Meanwhile, Zach Gallen 
Chasing down that Cy Young Award gives up a solo home run, 11 punch outs over the course of six innings as it was Mitch Garver who took him deep, 10th home run season. From there, Kyle Nelson and Miguel Castro both getting out of the bullpen. Justin Martinez gotten out of his zone, but allowed two runs along the way before Paul Seawald, Kevin Ginkle were able to end a scoreless inning. Rangers have been very good over by the way this season, and that was another one for them. And we did see the Miami Marlins get it done on Tuesday by a count of 3-0 to zero as for Miami, Ace Lizardo was absolutely shoving in this one. Six scoreless innings. Andrew Nardi, Tanner Scott, David Robertson from there are all able to supply scoreless innings. And for the San Diego Padres, you did have Blake Snell give up three runs in six innings, including a home run going deep for Miami. Ode Soler is 33rd home run of the campaign, but it's also hurt by three errors out there in the field. This was not all on Blake Snell, in my opinion. Scott Barlow, Nick Martinez, Luis Garcia from there. They're all able to lend a scoreless inning. And Padres, by the way, hitting right around 59% of their games to the under at home this season as they played another one on Wednesday, 4-0. They were able to get the job done against the Miami Marlins for the Marlins Sandy Alcantara. Another rough start from he is now 6-11. Gives up four runs over the course of six innings and just been a bad season in general as in the 26 starts that Sandy Alcantara has made on the mound. I believe that the Miami Marlins has won just 10 of them. Meanwhile, for the Padres, you had Seth Lugo just dealing in this one. Six scoreless innings, Stephen Wilson, Tom Cosgrove, and Josh Hader all able to end in scoreless innings from there. And for the Padres, you did have Xander Bogarts go deep off of Mr. Alcantara, 14th home run of the campaign to be able to get that one in as A.J. Puck also had one and a third inning scoreless for the Miami Marlins as well. You saw the Oakland A's you know, get a 5-4 to four win on Tuesday with Hogan Harris being Hogan's hero. Says the opener of Danny Jimenez, he gives up nothing in his inning of work. Harris, he gives up four runs in three and two-thirds innings, but managed to get the win because Anel Zerpa on the flip side was not a whole lot better. Five runs, four of which were earned, including a home run surrendered in his three innings. Going deep for Oakland, Shane Langelaers, his 13th home run season. Meanwhile, you had Zach Granke, the boat guy, coming out of the bullpen for four scoreless settings. And you had a uh, John McMillan scoreless setting as well. And for the A's, the guys that followed Hogan Ayers, they were the heroes. Spencer Patton, Kirby Sneed, one and two-thirds inning scoreless apiece. And then Trevor May, it was Mayday. They were able to get a scoreless setting out of him. And by the way, the Oakland A's won the top over teams in all baseball. They played right around 55% of their games the over. This was an under on Wednesday, though, that they played. 4-0, the Royals on Wednesday able to get it done as you had Darion Belanco get his first home run season off of Adrian Martinez. And then Kyle Muller came in out of the bullpen and a lot of home run to Bobby Wood Jr., his 26th home run of the season. And for Bobby Wood Jr., my goodness, 10 home runs over the last 30 days. And in that time span, he's sitting darn near a 365 for Oakland. You had Martinez as the opener give up one run in one and two-thirds innings. From there, you had two runs in one and two-thirds innings given up by Francisco Perez. Muller as the bulk guy gives up that home run over the course of four innings before Sean Newcomb. Yes, formerly of the Atlanta Braves and many others came in to be able to deliver a scoreless inning. So those two teams split over the last two days and the Reds-Angels series just took a lot of wild rides. If you were on the game on Tuesday, man, rough beat if you had that one. Four to three, the Reds were able to get the job done for the LA Angels. They've got a young guy with some upside that just had a mind-numbing error. Nolan Chenal 
one of the worst errors I think I've seen all season long. He creates an error that leads to the Reds being able to play a bunch of runs. Lucas Giolito, he gives up four runs in six innings, only one of which was earned. If it wasn't for that error, he would have gotten the win in this one. He did allow a home run along the way. Matt McClain in the first inning, 14th home run season, and for Graham Ashcraft, he lost three sole home runs in seven innings while getting 10 strikeouts. So, Talk about being all over the place. Logan O'Hoppy is fifth home run season. Brandon Drury is 18th. And Mike Moustakis is 12th. And bullpen from there got done. Ian Gabo, Sam Mole combined for a scoreless settings. And Alexis Diaz was able to turn a scoreless setting in for the Angels. And Jose Soriano, Dominique Leon, Aaron Luke all be able to turn a scoreless setting. And then when it came to the double dip that we saw on Wednesday, this is exactly what you don't want to see if you're a fan of the LA Angels. The Reds in game one got it done by a count of nine to four. Shoya Otani got the start. He only went one and a third inning, so he had to leave this game early from the mound. He had a home run prior to leaving his 44th home run of the campaign. From there, Tyler Anderson had to try to hold down the forward end. Then you had from there an Andrew Vasquez throwing error. That was another mind-numbing one that completely costed the Angels as well. For Anderson, he did allow a home run along the way, but among the four runs, they gave up only one of which was earned. Ellie De La Cruz cranked him deep. 11th home run of the campaign. From there, Aaron Loop gives up two runs in a third of an inning. Dominic Leone, two runs surrendered in two-thirds of an inning. And Kenny Rosenberg came in. He was able to give up one run in two innings. Meanwhile, for the Cincinnati Reds, you had Andrew Abbott get lit up a bit in this one. He gives up that home run to Mr. Otani. Three runs surrendered in four innings, but bullpen did their part. Buck Farmer, Alex Young combined for two scoreless innings. Eric Law gives up a run in two-thirds of an inning, but Inga Bo, four outs of the bullpen scoreless, and you had a scoreless inning from Fernando Cruz. And as I am doing this podcast, game two just getting started. You had Shoei Otani be in the starting lineup, so the injury is more pertaining to pitching. You got to think that he's probably going to be still out there, good to go with regards to the lineup, but you did see Mike Trout get the day off in terms of game two of this double dip as well. The Angels just dealing with a whole bunch of injuries, so it's a little bit less than savory. Much like my DK Network picks, I'm going to need to get back on track because I took the Washington Nationals on Wednesday, and Luis Severino coming in looking absolutely awful, and of course, the Yankees win by a count of 9-1. to one. Just a comedy of disasters for the Washington Nationals in this one. They go up against Luis Severino, who's posting up nearly an ADRA. And, of course, Severino gives up one in and six and two-thirds inning scoreless. Ian Hamilton from there, far outside of the bullpen scoreless. Wani Peralta gives up a home run in the ninth inning to make it a little bit more respectable as it was home run number six of the campaign for Dominic Smith and for Mackenzie Gore. He does let up six runs, including a pair of home runs to Aaron Judge, one of which was in grand fashion, but the fielding just absolutely destroyed him. Stone Garrett, he had a bad fielding error as they were trying to get a guy at home. It was a case where the grand slam that was hit in the second inning should have never, ever happened, and from there you have a 1-0 game, and you never know what's going to happen there. That's how thin the margins are in baseball, but you need to be better with these write-up picks. That's when I say, as you did have from there, Jose Ferrar also give up three runs over the course of an inning as you had Aaron Judge go for three home runs in this one. Yeah, the Washington Nationals should not be pitching to him so much. It is 25th, 26th, and 27th home runs of the campaign. DJ turned it up. LeMayu also goes deep off of Ferrar. Ninth home run season. You did have Andres Machado provide a scoreless setting and Robert Garcia two scoreless settings. And for the Yankees, you had this team snap a nine-game losing streak, their longest since, I believe, 1982. The Baltimore Orioles just completely clobbered the Toronto Blue Jays. 7-0 the final as Kevin Gosman 
Not a bad performance here. Two runs surrendered over the course of six innings. It was Trevor Richards that really gas canned this game. He gives up five runs in two-thirds of an inning, including home run going deep for Baltimore. Anthony Santander twice goes deep off of Gausman for 22th campaign, and then Richards for his 23rd home run of the season. You did have Bowden Francis getting out of the bullpen and Genesis Cabrera a scoreless inning. Meanwhile, for Toronto, five hits and three errors in this one. Dean Kramer, he comes on a little bit late as he was announced as the starter like towards the morning hours, and he was able to go six squirrel settings from here. Yanir Kano, Shintaro Fujinami, and Jacob Webb all able to turn a squirrel setting. You had the LA Dodgers and Guardians game get suspended, so this is a game that is going to be picked up, I believe, on Thursday in the very early hours before you get the game that is going to be going down on Thursday. It was 3-1 to one when it got suspended. Clayton Kershaw had given up a solo run in two innings of work. He was trying to be able to work his way back into the Cy Young hunt. That wasn't helping out his cause because he needed some innings. You had Jose Ramirez get his 19th home run season. Xavier Curry had allowed three runs in two innings. But if you had the money line in this one, that should be a refund for you. If you bet it out here in Las Vegas East Coast Books, always check your house rules because sometimes they operate a little bit differently. But that said, we got a suspension there with the Atlanta Braves. They suspended the New York Mets one-game win streak, 7-0. They take down the Metropolitans as... For the Mets, nothing doing in this one. And Jose Quintana, sickening was doing for some progression. And boy, was he. Five runs surrendered and five and a third innings. Phil Bickford gives up two runs and one and two-thirds innings, including serving up a home run to Marcel Zuna, 28th home run season. From there, you do get a scoreless inning of Sean Reed Foley. And for Mr. Charlie Morton, 11 punch-outs, gives up two hits and seven shutout innings. Michael Duncan, Kirby Yates from there. They're both able to turn a scoreless inning as well. The Tampa Bay Rays, they were able to get it done by kind of 6-5. If you, like me, had the Colorado Rockies money line, this one was brutal, to say the least. As for the Colorado Rockies, another good start out of Austin Gomber. He gives up three runs over the course of six innings. This is now his ninth start in his last 11, which he's given up three runs or fewer. As for the Rays, pair of home runs, Isak Paredes gets his 25th of the campaign, and Randy Arozarena, he gets his 20th. Meanwhile, for Aaron Savali, he gives up three runs over the course of five innings, including a home run to Elias Diaz, his 13th home run season. From there, Colin Boucher gives up two runs in two-thirds of an inning. You had Andrew Kittredge getting out of the bullpen, and the savior of the night for the Tampa Bay Rays. How about Jacob Lopez turning three squirrels innings to be able to get this to extras. Pete Fairbanks squirrels inning in the 10th inning, and for the Colorado Rockies, you had this bullpen unravel. Justin Lawrence in the ninth inning allows two runs in an inning. Jake Bird, he goes two squirrels innings before Brent Suter allows the unearned run in the 10th inning that allowed the Tampa Bay Rays to be able to get that one to the window. Also being able to get to the window, the San Francisco Giants at a game that turned out to be more exciting than people bargained for. 8-6, to six, the Giants are able to get this one done for the Phillies. They were down three runs in the ninth inning before you did have Bryce Harper go deep to be able to send this game off of Camille Duvall. has been struggling a little bit lately. Three runs, two of which were earned. Give it up as he did not record a single out. Alex Cobb was pretty solid in this one. He gets up a pair of solemn runs over the course of five innings. Harper, by the way, that was his 12th home run season. The home runs give it up by Cobb. Kyle Schwarber, 34th home run season. And Trey Turner down for what again? 15th home run season. I think that's his fifth home run since he got that phantom standing ovation. That has clearly fired him up, so keep doing what you're doing, Philly. As it's Scott Alexander along with one of the Rogers brothers. As, let's get these guys confused. And Tyler Rogers provide a pair of outs out of the bullpen. 
Luke Jackson, Alex Wood, they both give you an out of the bullpen. The other Rodgers brother, Taylor Rodgers, he gives up an honored run in the 10th inning and two-thirds of an inning before Ryan Walker was able to give you an out of the bullpen to get the save. And Jacob Junis, he gave a scoreless inning as well. Meanwhile, for the San Francisco Giants, they got a pair of home runs off of Michael Lorenzen. Paul DeYoung, his 14th home run season and his third team this year, by the way, and Wilbur Flores. One guy that has been really hitting for the Giants here in the second half of the season. He gets his 18th for Michael Lorenzen. Gives up four runs in five and two-thirds innings, including a pair of home runs from there. Jeff Hoffman gives up a run in two-thirds inning. Matt Strom was able to give you five outs of the bullpen. Scoreless Andrew Bellotti, scoreless inning. And then Craig Kimbrell in the 10th. Right when you needed him, that's when he became the Craig Kimbrell of like two years ago. Three runs, two of which were earned. Give it up in his inning of work. So the Giants, they are... Trying to be able to work their way back into that wild card chase. That was big for them. This was big for the Chicago Cubs. They take down the Detroit Tigers by kind of 6-4. of four. By the way, the Detroit Tigers have actually played more overs than unders this season, which I do find to be a little bit ridiculous as for the Chicago Cubs. They're now hitting at about 54.5% of the over this season as uh, James Satayan get lit up for four runs and five and two-thirds innings, including a home run off the bat of Kerry Carpenter as 20th. Home run of the campaign. That was a grand slam home run. But from there, bullpen did their part. Adbert Alsley, Michael Rucker. They both landed scoreless inning. Julian Merriweather, one and a third inning scoreless. And for the Cubs, they go four of eight with men in scoring position. For the Tigers, Tariq Skubal had yet to allow a run at home this season. He gives up a four spot over the course of six innings. Bobreski, he gives up one run over the course of two innings before Jose Cicero gets a pair of outs out of the bullpen. And Andrew Vasquez gives up a run in his third of an inning as well. You saw the Chicago White Sox win an extras by a count of 5-4. to four. This was a very exciting game as for the Seattle Mariners. They entered down going into the ninth inning by two runs, and then they're able to play to three spot as they went 4 of 18 with men in scoring position and left 14 men on base in this one as George Kirby allows three runs in five and two-thirds innings, including giving up a home run to Trace Thompson. His sixth home run of the campaign from there, Trent Thornton, Gets it out of the bullpen. Luke Weaver. Yes, the same Luke Weaver that was on the Cincinnati Reds before. Five punch outs and two scoreless innings before Andres Munoz goes into the game. He gives up a run in the ninth inning, and then Justin Topa gives up the honored run in the tenth for the White Sox. Michael Kopech doesn't give a lot of length, but he goes four scoreless innings before Brian Shaw lends two scoreless. Aaron Bummer, he lived up to the name, giving up a run and an inning, and Gregory Santos in the ninth inning. The lone reliable bullpen piece for the White Sox gave up three runs of one and a third innings before. You did have Sammy Peralta save the day with a squirrel setting in the 10th. And Edgar Navarro was able to give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen scoreless as well. The misery of the Pittsburgh Pirates continues. The St. Louis Cardinals, they're able to get a win by kind of six of four. Pittsburgh is actually your second best over team in baseball right now. Not because of their hitting, though. As Zach Thompson, he gives up two runs over the course of five innings, including a home run to Cabrian Hayes, his ninth home run season. From there, you did have Jojo Romero come in for a two-inning save. Gave up one run along the way. Andre Pallante gives up a run in one and a third innings. And Drew Verhagen, he gets a pair of outs out of the bullpen scoreless for the St. Louis Cardinals, by the way. They win this game despite stranding 13 men on base. As for Pittsburgh, Luis Ortiz, this was not great. Gave up five runs and five walks in three and a third innings. From there, everyone else did their part. Yohan Ramirez, two and a third inning scoreless. You had Jose Hernandez, get four outs out of the bullpen scoreless. Colin Selby, he gives up a run in two innings of work. But for the Pirates, they also left 10 men on base and went 0 of 9 with men in scoring position. So that was less than favorable to them. This was favorable for the Milwaukee Brewers. They get it done by a count of 8 to 7. 
Always note that Corbin Burns does not pitch the same at home as he does on the road. Burns was able to go six innings, but it's not a good six innings. He gave up six runs, including three home runs. That should probably end his Cy Young candidacy, yes. You had going deep Kyle Farmer, seventh home run of the season. Royce Lewis, his fifth. And Michael A. Taylor, his 17th for the Minnesota Twins. Meanwhile, the bullpen at his back. Ebner Uribe, Joel Pyam, Seven Williams, Linda Squirrel setting, and Elvis Piguero gives up an unearned run in the 10th inning. But the Brewers were able to get a walk-off winner on a Bryce Terang infield single as this was a game that turned airbrain as the Brewers got a trail of home runs as well as Kenta Maeda allowed one to William Contreras. 13th home run the campaign for Maeda. Gives up three runs over the course of five innings from there. Emilio Pagan gives up a home run in his two innings. Kale Theobar gives up a solo home run in his inning of work. Theobar allowed his home run to Tyrone Taylor. Fifth home run season and William Davis all of a sudden has found it for the Milwaukee Brewers. 21st home run of the season and his third home run in his last four games after he had a terrible series against the LA Dodgers when he was very badly needed. So there's that. From there, you did have Griffith Jacks be able to give you a scoreless setting, and then Yohan Doran. He pitched a scoreless ninth inning, and then in the tenth inning, they left him out there, and he gave up 200 runs, was completely doomed by his fielding, and then this is one game that I'm going to need to clean up on the podcast tomorrow. Red Sox and Astros currently tied up 4-4 to as they are going into the seventh inning. Chris Sale, he gave up four runs over the course of five innings, including a home run to Martin Maldonado, 10th home run season. Jose Arikini gives up four runs in four and two-thirds innings, so home run surrendered, but these teams are in their bullpens, and for the Astros, this has been the uh, top team with regards to runs per game in the American League since the beginning of the month of June, so very interesting note there, and if you are taking a look at the game of baseball, we have seen a lot of unders over the last 30 days, but if you look at the last seven, scoring has been seeing a little bit of an uptick. Over the last seven days, we've got 43 overs at 35 unders. That's a 55% hit rate to the over with favorites in this time span. Not doing great. 42 and 37 straight up on the money line, though I will say all but seven of these favorites have been able to cover that minus one and a half run line. If you're taking a look at the last 30 days in Major League Baseball, unders hitting more around 52 by 6%, 201 unders, 181 overs, and on the way, I believe that we have gotten something like 10 pushes. Favorites in this time span, 220 and 168 on the money line. That is 56.7%. And among these favorites, 50 have failed to cover the run line. Overall this season, we are seeing the under rate just now below 51%. 50.9, 926 unders to 894 overs. Meanwhile, favorites hitting a flip of 58% on the money line, 1,089 and 790. But among these favorites... We have now seen a grand total of 277 fail to cover the run line. So that's what we saw in Major League Baseball on uh, Wednesday, and that's what we're getting trend-wise. Coming up next, let's turn it forward to Thursday and look at some of these hot playoff races with Javon Alford, who does great work over at FTM Bets. He joins me next on the Baseball Winning Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is great to be joined by this man as Javon Alford does a great job of taking a look at the great game of baseball. He's been doing amazing work over at FTM Bets, and I know that he does a great job looking at the Philadelphia sports scene as well over at Total Sports Live. He has been very dialed in with regards to player props all season long. Certainly getting set for what is going to be a tremendous football season as well. And you're able to follow him on X, which it just does not roll off the tongue the way that Twitter does, at Jovan10, J-O-V-A-N, the number 10 altogether. And Javon, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Hey, I'm glad to be on, Greg. Like you said, playoff races are heating up. And we're about to get to September, which means we're about to get to the, the fun part of the baseball season. So 
happy to break down Thursday card and just everything that's been happening in the majors. Oh, it has been very interesting to be able to gauge so many of these playoff races. And I mentioned it. You're someone that does a great job taking a look at the Philadelphia Phillies. What have you been making out of this National League wildcard picture? Because it looked like the NL Central was going to be relegated to one playoff team. It was looking like it was going to be whoever wins the division gets in and really nobody else. But now all of a sudden, We've got ourselves a situation where whoever doesn't win the NL Central might be getting one of those playoff spots. And as the Phillies have been heating up, the Miami Marlins, they have been cooling down. Yeah, I think we back I think back in July we talked about, right, the Marlins kinda like they were outplaying everybody's expectations and now they're starting to regress. But surprisingly their regression has kinda kept them in the thick of things because of how San Francisco's been up and down, and you look at, you know, even Cincinnati, they have some rough patches, but they're starting to pick it up at late. So it's been fun to see how, like, the race, you know, has panned out, especially, like, in a wildcard race, including the Phillies, who they didn't have the best of series against the Washington Nationals last weekend, but they have picked it up at home, which is what you love to see and what you're going to have to do. If you know, if you want to continue to make hay in this wildcard race and kind of put distance between you and the other teams and has been getting a job done at home at home. I think they're what 12 games over 500 at home, if I'm not mistaken, they're doing their job at home. And I think that's going to be the key for them. They added Michael Lorenzen at the trade deadline, you know, to help push your rotation to a six man rotation, given the given everybody else an extra day of rest. So you hope that works for them because this team, Trey Turner, is starting to turn it around ever since their Royal Series. They're, they're starting to turn it around, starting to pick it up offensively, which is a good sign in September because they're going to need their big backs. They're not going to need the Marshes and the Bones and the Stocks who we know they're going to do what they're going to do. It's going to be the Harpers, the Schwarbers, the Castellanos, Real Mutos, and Trey Turners, you know, to take this team to elevate them to the next level. And hopefully, like you said, hold on to that top wildcard spot because if you're if you're the Phillies, that's the goal right now. Can you hold on to that top spot in the wildcard? Because you do have that team in Chicago, the Cubs, who are lurking and playing really good baseball as a bleak. Yeah, it has been so much fun to be able to take a look at these races. And I obviously think that the one in the AL West it has gotten hot and heavy as well as Javon Alford does great work over at FDM Bets. He is joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show. And with the Seattle Manners, they did drop that game on Wednesday. But all in all, they have been really the hottest team in the American League over the last few weeks. And I think that that whole AOS is interesting as well because you've got the team that won the World Series of the Houston Astros. They've been playing some good baseball recently. The Rangers have been a little bit all over the place with the fact that they took a bit of a losing streak, got swept by the Brewers last weekend, I take a look at that whole AL West, and I think that is something worth noting as well, because I think that all three of those teams can be very dangerous if they are able to make it to March, or if they are able to make it to October. Oh, yeah, definitely. When you look at just those three teams, I mean, there's so many great players, great pitchers on all those teams. Texas has kind of been that front runner for most of the season. They added Jordan Montgomery at the deadline, who's been really good for them, but offensively, we know that they got the bats where they can put up runs in the blink of an eye. You know, Houston, they're always going to be there. The veteran squad added Verlander, and they just continue to win and play, you know, good baseball. Granted, they haven't been great in extra innings this year, one in seven. However, they've been able to do their job, you know, specifically in the division where they're, you know, 26 and 17, which, again, you, what you love to see and what you have to do if you want to keep racing. I think the Mariners, 
I think probably our biggest surprise because we looked for the deadline and was wondering what will this team be? What will they become? What will they do? Can they kind of muster some type of energy if they were going to get back into this race? And surprisingly, they have, you know, and I got to give credit to them, you know. Things didn't look bleak for them during and before the deadline, but they've been able to rip off, you know, a lot of good wins, taking care of business against the Royals, which we always say, right, when it comes to good teams, can you beat the bad teams? They did that, right? Taking three out of four against the Royals. And then going up against the Astros, man, just sweeping them in three games in Houston, which is huge when you're talking about when we get into September, and you're going to need those wins. You know, getting these wins right now against a team like Houston is huge. And then against the White Sox, taking two out of three, again, handling business. Would you love to get that sweep? Yeah. But, again, you're taking care of business against the White Sox, the Royals. You beat the Astros. You sweep them in three. They're doing everything that they can and that they need to do. And if they can continue to keep this up with Julio Rodriguez playing at the level that he's been playing at, it's going to be fun to see how that West shakes out because it's going to be anybody's ball game. And then whoever does it, you know, make it, whoever doesn't win the division, you're going to be sitting in the wild card, which is pretty stacked too with, you know, Boston and Toronto kind of sitting there as well out of the American League East. Oh, it is going to be so much fun to be able to take a look at that race. We shall see if Seattle's able to maintain their hot run and we shall see what Texas is going to be able to do in the Midwest this weekend as They've got the opener of their series against Minnesota Twins that is going to be going down on Thursday. I think that this is a really interesting game with Pablo Lopez going for Minnesota and Andrew Heaney on the bump for Texas. Texas between about a plus 110 to a plus 115 underdog, right around minus 125 or so on Minnesota. How do you view this game? Because with Andrew Heaney, I just have a tough time trusting him, and I don't think that this is going to withstand, but Pablo Lopez in four starts in the month of August has allowed one run, and I felt like he was getting unlucky towards the beginning part of the season. Well, that luck has reversed, and he has been tremendous here recently. It's funny that you picked this game because this is one of the games on my radar, too, looking at this card for Thursday. Like you said, Pablo Lopez has just been, like you said, stellar. A .39, ERA this month, and a two oh nine batting average, and the Twins have done their job with Lopez on the mound. They're 4-0 in those games. They're outscoring their opponents by average of four to have runs per game. And like you said, Heaney, though, he's been kind of good, too, in August, which has been a very different picture than what we saw from him in July. July, he was at, like, a 5.4 ERA. This month, he's at 216, which is very good side. However, we've got to put this in action. You look at his last start against the Brewers. He lost seven hits, three earned runs, and only three and two-thirds in pitch and 84 pitches, you know, this Twins offense has been kind of pedestrian, strike out a lot, don't put up a lot of runs. But this could be a spot maybe where they do get off on the Southpaw and on a Rangers team that has had some struggles as of late. So maybe this is a good spot, you know, to maybe take, you know, Lopez straight up in the Twins, straight up on the money line. Or if you get a good F5 number, maybe that's something that better should target, you know, with Pablo Lopez. Just because, like you said, the way he's been pitching, he's been pitching outstanding and you hope that trend kind of sticks even though you look at teams that he's faced you know two out of the four have been the Pirates and the Tigers whose offenses isn't nothing to write home about however we do got to respect what he's been able to do and rack up the strikeouts and keeping the ball out of the ball out in the yard which was an issue for him in July where he gave a five home runs this month he's given up zero so 
maybe that's a good sign, you know, heading up against a Texas team that can mash a little bit with Garcia and Seager and the rest of that bunch. And I do think that it is always important to know with the Texas Rangers as well, just not as many home runs on the road as they have at home as mm-hmm. well. So I think that that is going to be big for helping out Pablo Lopez as Javon Alford, who does great work over at FTM Bets. He is joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show and staying out there with that ALS. I wonder if we take a look at Astros versus Red Sox. This is a big game for the Red Sox with Brian Bale going for them. J.P. France on the bump for Houston. And Houston, slight favorite, anywhere between minus 112 to a minus 122. Meanwhile, even money to a plus 105 for the Boston Red Sox. What are you saying on this one? Because with J.P. France, he's actually been tremendous post-All-Star break for the Astros. I just fear that this is sort of a run slash sort of a, uh, shall we say, streak that has been built on sand a little bit. Not too much of a strikeout guy. Feels like he's been very lucky on balls and playing for Bayo. I anticipate a little bit of regression with him as well. So I take a look at this nine, and even though both of these guys have stellar ERAs and things of that nature, the advanced numbers tell me that we should be expecting some runs in this one. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think we do see some runs being put up in this game. And like you said, you know, our guy Bayo, he started out well, but kind of like, like you said, hitting that regression a little bit. Just in July, 5-4-8 ERA. This month, only three eight six ERA, but you just look at He's getting hit around a lot. He's allowed 29 hits this month. And granted, last start, he gave up six, only one on runs against the Yankee squad. It's not a great Yankee squad as it is this year again, but you're going up against a Houston squad that can put up numbers and put up runs. In bunches, so I expect Houston to be able to do to put up some numbers against them just because 405 ERA on the road. I think he has a seven ERA during the day, too, which I know that's hard to quantify because you don't know how many guys, how many starts the guys early had during the day to you know really quantify that number. But seven ERA and during the day is a little bit concerning. Like you said, France, he's not really a strikeout guy, and like you said, he had seven against Seattle. We know Seattle. Strikes out a ton. However, he does get hit around too a little bit because he's predominantly a fly ball pitcher. We look at just what his last five starts, he has like over 11 fly ball hots. So again, Red Sox can mash too and they can put up some numbers. And you got Devers, you got Yoshida, you know, you got Casas, you got all those guys. Like you said, that over could hit, especially with these two guys. Bayo getting hit around in France, not really a strikeout guy. Leans a ton on the fly ball, so that's the case. Ball could be going out of the park in this one at Minute Meet. With the Astros as well, looking at them and the way that they've been able to hit since the beginning of the month of June, being the number one team in the American League with regards to runs per game, that is very striking to me as well. And I do take a look at the card for Thursday. It's a little bit more bare, but is there anything else that is standing out to you? Because with the Yankees, it's right now a little bit of a to-be-determined situation with their starter. Certainly, if you get Garrett Cole, that'd be certainly a little bit different than if you get Johnny Brito, because I think that that's something that they're fighting with right now that would cause for about as big of a differential as you're going to find with regards to starting pitchers on this Thursday. But anything else that's really standing out to you that you're liking on the card? For me, I'm going to go look at that at Cubs-Pirates game. I don't think that there's a line out yet for this game, but definitely looking at this one, targeting it, because Justin still has been just phenomenal this season. 14-3, and 2-8-0 ERA, Cubs 6-0 and against the Pirates this season. Like, you talk about domination. The Cubs have dominated the Pirates, which, again, 
Like we talked about with the Mariners beating up on bad teams. This is what the Cubs have to do if they want to kind of stay in that wild card race and kind of hold on to their spot. They're going to have to dominate teams like the Pirates. And you look at what they've done this season, you know, they put up runs and they have blown the Pirates team out. So I'll be definitely looking forward to potentially playing that run line, depending on what the odds are, the plus one, the minus one and a half in this one. Because like I said, Justin Steele's been good. This Cubs offense can put up runs. Suzuki, Cody Bellinger, who's been just just outstanding in this second half of the season. Everything he hits is a home run somehow, some way, or extra base hit. So looking forward to that. Still, like I said, three, three ERA, 236 away from Ridley Field this season. He struggled this month, but Cubs 4-0. In his starts this month, and they won their and they won his last six starts. So I'm looking for a Cubs victory and taking the Cubs on the run line against the Pirates, even though we don't know who's starting yet for Pittsburgh. Ben, it is going to be a much different line if we get Mitch Keller for the Pirates rather than yep, oh, I don't different. know Andre, Andre Jackson, who I always like to call Andre <laughs> Three Thousand Jackson. Personally, so <laughs> that is something to be able to take a look at. But Justin Seal, he has been the man of Seal all season long, and a man that has been doing a tremendous job of taking a look at baseball all season long is you, Javon. You do tremendous work over at FTM Bets. I know you're getting set for the football season over at Total Sports Live, and I know you're out there in the Philadelphia area. Just feels like things never, ever end with the Philadelphia 76ers and James Harden as well. So it is a gift that keeps on giving for you. But the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, you're right about that. The Sixers are the gift that keeps on giving. Can't wait for college basketball to kind of wipe away the Sixers for it during the winter months. But yeah, people can follow me on Twitter or X, as you said, on X at Jovan Ted. Then you can check out my work, FTN Bets, with college football season starting. A lot of best bets. Got some futures bets right now on the bet tracker as well for FTN Bets. And then, like you said, totalsportslive.com, Total Sports Live podcast on uh, all your streaming platforms. That's how you can uh, get in reach with me and follow everything. Follow along. Jovan does a tremendous job with all of his bets, taking a look at a lot of player props, doing a great job taking a look at the entire baseball card, and every single time he joins this podcast, always lends tremendous insights. Big thanks to Javon for joining me on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. Coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this Baseball Thursday as we touch them all. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always great to get Jovan Alford aboard. He does tremendous work taking a look at the great game of baseball has been doing a tremendous job on the player prop market over there at FTM Bets. 
does a tremendous job over at Total Sports Live and the Total Sports Live podcast, taking a look at all things Philadelphia sports. And I know that he, much like myself, getting set for the football season as well. So big thanks to Javon for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this baseball Thursday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNN underscore 81. We are going to be going in the last Vegas rotation order. This is where we go with the National League games first. And the American League games, any interleague games, those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. So, without further ado, let's dive in on this first game that is presently off the board. 901-902 on the betting board. It is the Chicago Cubs on the road facing off against the Pittsburgh Pirates. We do know that it is going to be the man of seal, Justin Seal, who's going to be on the bump for the Cubs. As of right now, it is to be determined for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I am seeing conflicting reports as whether or not it's going to be Mitch Keller or Andre 3000 Jackson. I was setting this as if it was going to be Mitch Keller, Justin Seal being a minus 147 favorite. If this is Andre 3000 Jackson, this rises by at least 30 cents, if not more. You're probably staring at the neighborhood of about a minus 180 or so on the Cubs, at which point I'd be willing to lay about a minus 112 to a minus 115 on that Cubs run line. With like an Andre 3000 Jackson, something like that for the Pirates, I'd be needing in the neighborhood about a plus 175 to a plus 180. If it's Mitch Keller, once again, more on that plus 145 range, then I'd be willing to take a look at the Pittsburgh Pirates, and it does vary quite a bit because Mitch Keller has been able to get right around 10.5 strikeouts per nine innings. Has had struggles recently, but all in all, he looks like a top of the rotation guy. Meanwhile, if you get Andre 3000 Jackson, this pretty much turns into a pseudo bullpen game. He has pitched four and a third innings or less in every one of his starts. And for Jackson, his luck, seven home runs and 30 and a third innings. And then from there, you're looking at guys be able to piecemeal things together. Now, the one thing I will say credit where credit is due for the Pittsburgh Pirates, this has not been a terrible bullpen for them. If you take a look at the last three days and what they've been able to do with their bullpen, they've been a little bit above average with regards to that ERA, ranking right around 14th in the league. With that regard, though, the Cubs, they've been able to do a solid job with their bullpen as well. Ethan Lake, with regards to bullpen ERA over the last three days for the Pirates, if you're able to get to the likes of a David Benner, who's been a very good closer, Yohan Ramirez, along with Jose Hernandez, who've dealt with injuries, they're back in full. That will be able to help this team out. Both of those guys have a sub-375 ERA. Meanwhile, for the Cubs, you've had Michael Fulmer be a little bit all over the place this year, but Adbert Alsley has been absolutely tremendous in this bullpen. I do think that eventually Danny Palencia is going to be a good bullpen piece, but he's been a little bit rough as well, but been able to get some good innings out of Mark Leiter Jr. and Jose Cuas. Since he's come over from the Royals, he's posted up right around a 1-year-A. The biggest thing for the Cubs, though, is that they just have all sorts of balance with regards to this lineup. Every single guy in this lineup, they just hit. There are some nights where 8 out of their 9 players have north of a 325 on base, and they've got a really good balance of power as... You've got Patrick Wisdom, Dansby Swanson, Cody Bellinger, Chris Morrell, all with between 19 to 20 home runs exiting the game on Wednesday. You've got Ian Happ, who's been able to give you about a 360 on base. Mike Talkman is good out there in the field. He does a good job being a move line when you need to look to Miguel Amaya along with Jan Gomes at the catcher spot. They've been able to do a solid job as well. And for Cody Bellinger, since the beginning of the month of July, he's been one of the best men at just being able to move the line, get on base, 
in all baseball. You just don't have that right now with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Since the beginning of the month of May, the team is averaging right around about 3.8 runs per contest. That is the worst mark in the National League. Jack Swinniski has really been your main matcher this year. He's been able to supply 21 home runs, but since the All-Star break, this guy is hitting below a buck 50. It's been absolutely terrible. Brian Reynolds, it's for about a 270. He's been able to slug out 18 home runs, so he's been able to do a relatively solid job on that front, but top to bottom, the Pittsburgh Pirates, they just can't hit against righties. They're hitting a 232 against right-handed starters, and for Justin Seale, it has been absolutely tremendous. Now, he is a lefty, but I mean, the Pirates also hit right around about a 241 to a 242 against lefties as well, so I mean, in terms of both splits, this team has been absolutely awful, and for Justin Seale, he's been a man of consistency. The last time he allowed more than three earned runs at a start, you have to go back to Memorial Day. The 26th of May, that was just before Memorial Day. That's the last time he's allowed more than three earned runs at a start. There's been a few starts where he's allowed more than three runs, but they were unearned runs that start against the Atlanta Braves. That's come to mind, but he's been able to do a tremendous job being able to keep the ball in the yard. He's giving up about 0.7 home runs per nine innings. Has been rock solid at home. Has been rock solid on the road. Three ERA on the road, giving up less than two walks per nine innings. So if you do get something like Andre Jackson versus... Justin Steele, I'd be willing to lay about a minus 115 on that Cubs run line. And this would be a situation to where an 8 or less, I would be taking a look at the over. And an 8.5 prior to the under if it is Steele against Jackson, something like that. Against Keller, 7.5 or less to the over, 8 or higher to the under. 9.03, 9.04 on the betting board of the Cincinnati Reds. Yes, we are into Cincinnati. They're onto the road. They're facing off against the Arizona Diamondbacks as Merrill Kelly gets the start for the Snakes. And Brandon Williamson is on the bump for Cincinnati. Plus 140 to plus 148 is your number on the Reds. Between minus 155 to a minus 168 is your number on Arizona. Nine is the total. The over and the under are both at minus 110. It's up my total at 9.3. I'm going to be willing to take a look at the over. Got someone to Brandon Williamson who's fielding independent does not quite match up with the ERA. And credit where credit is due for Brandon Williamson. He has been able to pick it up after he did not look set for the big leagues. In his first few starts, he's been able to come along for the ride as he has given up now two runs or fewer in three out of his last five starts. But he's got a fielding dependent of a 476 compared to a 447 ERA. Getting about eight strike at a 3.3 box per nine innings. A big kryptonite for him has been the deep ball. Giving up a right around about 1.4 home runs per nine innings. For Brandon Williamson, he's been able to do an okay job on the road. 479 road ERA. And he's actually giving up more like one home run per nine innings when he is on the road. But Clearly, he's not doing as good of a job with regards to his command. About a 1.7 strikeout to walk ratio when he is on the road as well. So that is a tad bit of an issue. And then you do take a look at the flip side. Merrill Kelly has been able to do a great job of being able to up his swing and miss stuff. He is just over 9 strikeouts per 9 innings thus far this season. And when it comes to Merrill Kelly, he's been very consistent ever since coming off the Enderless. You always fear that there's going to be a little bit of a drop-off. He has made six starts since coming off the injury list. He has given up three runs of fear in every one of them. Now, he has given up seven home runs in those six starts. That is a little bit of an issue that you do go through. But all in all for Merrill Kelly, he's been able to do a nice job on that front. And he's always been a better home pitcher than he has been a road pitcher. Though we've seen a little bit of a reversal of that this year. 298 road ERA, 327 home ERA. But if you look at the entirety of his career... For Merrill Kelly, he has been posting up an ERA that is nearly a point better when he has been at home rather than when he has been on the road. Now, the kryptonite that you've got with the Arizona Diamondbacks, 
This bullpen is awful. Over the last 45 days, they are the worst team in the National League with regards to bullpen. They are right there with the Washington Nationals, and the Nationals seem to be improving while the Diamondbacks, their bullpen has not been good to say the least. You've been able to get some relatively solid innings out of Kyle Nelson, posting up right in the neighborhood about a 3 ERA, but that's that you really don't have anyone else that you're able to rely upon. Jose Ruiz, Scott McGill, Miguel Castro, Luis Frias, Guys like this, they're all posting up north of a 4-4 ERA. Meanwhile, for the Cincinnati Reds, you've got Alexis Diaz. He's one of the better closers that you're going to find in the big leagues. Ian Gabo, Buck Farmer, gentlemen of this nature. They have been able to give you a sub-4 ERA. And what has been very strange for the Cincinnati Reds is that they play in an incredible hitter's ballpark, and yet they're averaging more runs per game on the road than they are at home. Now, they are going to be coming off of a doubleheader, which means that their bullpen is going to be a little bit more taxed, and guys are going to be a little bit more tired in general as well. But Joey Votto has been able to give you a home run every about 12 and a half or so up at Spencer Sear. He's done a solid job entering into the doubleheader. He had 18 home runs, north of 350 on base. DJ Friedel has been able to move the line. They've been missing Jake Fraley. They've been missing Jonathan India as well. So that's been a tad bit of an issue. Meanwhile, for the years under Diamondbacks, just all about how far Christian Walker is able to carry this team. He was the entire offense like two weeks ago in that series against the Colorado Rockies. This man has been terrific over the last 14 games, five home runs, hitting at 340. And over the last 30 days, a north of the 300. Corbin Carroll's just had a little bit of a falloff. Overall, for the month of August, he just hasn't necessarily been himself. Hitting about a 243, has yet to hit a home run this month, so that's been an issue. You've got Lourdes Gurriel, Kitar Marte, both of these guys in the neighborhood, about 19 to 20 home runs, but that Evan Longoria issue has been hurting this team a little bit as well as he's been dealing with a tad bit of an injury, so it does make it a relatively interesting circumstance. At a plus 152 or higher, I was willing to take a shot on the Cincinnati Reds right now. We are just short of that. If you are taking a look at the run line in this spot, you're finding the Arizona Diamondbacks as low as a plus 115, as high as a plus 123. When it comes to this run line, I did need more like a plus 127 to be able to take a shot. So I'm right now in a little bit of wait and see mode. If we can get down to more like a minus 150 or if we can just get more like a plus 128 on the Diamondbacks run line, we'll be looking there. Meanwhile, the Reds, plus 152 or higher, which I'm about four or so cents away, we'll be probably taking a look at the Reds money line. And when it's all said and done, I do think that that's probably where I'm going to be going. But here at the nine, taking a look at the over as well. Nine of five, nine of six on the betting board. It is the Boston Red Sox. And they're going to be in the road. They're facing off against the Houston Astros. Brian Bayo goes for the Red Sox, and it is J.P. France on the bump for the Houston Astros. The Astros are between a minus 112 to a minus 122 favorite, and between plus 102 to a plus 106 is your number on Boston. Nine is the total. Over is between minus 110 to a minus 115, and the under is between a minus 105 to a minus 110. And I did sell my total at 9.2. I'm going to be willing to dive in on the over. I do think that we are going to be seeing some negative regression when it comes to both of these pitchers. And for Brian Bale, he just has not been the same pitcher on the road as he has been at home. He's really been the Wrigley Field whisperer thus far this season. As for Brian Bale, as Bale posts up a sub-3-3 ERA at home, he's really got that changeup working. Is able to keep the ball in the yard actually closer to a 3.41 ERA at home. But seven home runs given up in 66 innings when he's been at Fenway on the road. He gives up more like 1.8 home runs for nine innings with a 4.05 ERA. So that has been something to watch out for him for Bayo. It's been a little bit touch and go from recently at 3.99 ERA over the course of his last five starts. Meanwhile for J.P. France, 
He has not allowed more than two earned runs in any of his last five starts post-All-Star break. This guy has been as good as it gets, but I think serious regression is going to be coming in here. He's got a 2.75 ERA compared to a 4.15 fielding dependent. Now, the strikeout numbers are up for him. Five plus strikeouts in three out of his last four starts, but he doesn't really have blow-away stuff. He gives up about a home run per nine innings, and I do think that he's going to be nipped in the tuckus a little bit by that. For J.P. France, he's also been far worse at home than he has been on the road. Buck 92 road ERA, 351 home ERA as at home. He's been giving up right in the neighborhood about 1.6 home runs per nine innings. Now, you got a Houston Astros team that actually leads the American League in terms of runs per game ever since the beginning of the month of June. Jordan Alvarez has been, uh, to put it politely, touch and go ever since coming off the injured list as now he's dealing with a little bit of a finger issue as he's been missing the last few days. He may or may not be able to go in this game. If he does, he's probably going to be a little bit more limited, but even with him dealing with those ailments, Kyle Tucker has really been able to step up. 375 on base, 25 home runs. Alex Bregman is up to 20 bombs. And for Alex Bregman, just a notorious slow starter that gets it going right around this time of year. And for Alex Bregman, here in the month of August, he's been able to supply north of a 400 on base. Not necessarily a lot of homers, but just has been able to move a line for this team. Chaz McCormick is coming off of a multi-home run game. He's posting up about a 370 on base. And Yanir Diaz, he doesn't walk a lot, but they will give you 16-plus home runs, hitting about a 280, going up against the Boston Red Sox team that they hit about 45 points lower on the road than they do at home. Now, they've been able to do a better job of hitting on the road recently. Alex Verdugo, he still has some... Pretty demonstrative home mid-road splits overall for the season, entering into yesterday hitting a 273, but on the road, this batting average, it has been slip-sliding away as he's only got four home runs on the road this far this season, at home hitting a 301, hitting about a 243 on the road, something like a Jaron Duran when he's been out there as I know that they've been supplying some more at-bats for Trevor Story since he's gotten back in the full, but he's been posting up an on-base percentage that's nearly 80 points lower when he's on the road as well. Justin Turner has some big home and road splits as well, but for Justin Turner, Tristan Costas, both have been able to give you 20 home runs. You need to get Trevor Story online going into yesterday, hitting a buck 91 in his limited time back as he had to be able to hit a home run, so that's something that you could use for the Boston Red Sox and for the Houston Astros. You do have a little bit of better bullpen in this ordeal as well. The Red Sox, they're about a league average bullpen. I like what Brandon Bernardino, Josh Winkowski have been able to do for this bullpen, and Kenley Jansen has been quite trustworthy thus far in the season. As I say that, he probably is going to blow something, but when it comes to Houston Astros, still a top sub team with regards to bullpen anyway. Likes of Hector Neris, Brian Debreu, ever since he's come over, Kendall Braveman, Phil Maton, Ryan Presley. These are all guys giving you a sub-305 ERA, and I do think that with the Houston Astros, they should be able to get to Bay, who's been having his issues on the road, but quite frankly, I do think that both of these pitchers do in for a little bit of regression. So at the 9, I'm going to be willing to take a look at the over semi-total. We'll round a 9.2 to a 9.3, and with the Astros, set my money line at a minus 131 on them, so looking at the Astros, and I am going to be taking a look at this nine over 907-908 on the bang board. It is the Toronto Blue Jays. They throw the facing off against the Baltimore Orioles as Jose Barrios goes for the Blue Jays, and it is to be determined who is on the bump for the Baltimore Orioles. I was thinking it was going to be Dean Kramer, and Kramer, he turned out to have to start yesterday, so that made for some moving parts. That is why we currently have a TBD situation with the Baltimore Orioles. 
Would not be surprised if we see someone like Okorovin. I believe that his last start came over the weekend, so I do have to think that he's a candidate for stepping up in this one. It was supposed to be Captain Jack Flaherty, by the way, who was going to be going for the start on Wednesday, but he got scratched because he was dealing with, and I air quotes here, general soreness, and if he would get Jack Flaherty, I'd be probably sending this more roundabout at minus 125 with the Orioles. If you do get someone like I was mentioning with Cole Irvin, Probably close to a pick -em. perhaps at the Blue Jays as a very slight favorite. As with Kramer versus Barrios, I was making this a minus 124 on the Orioles with a total to wear a 9 or less. Was looking at the over a 9.5 Ryer to the under, not thinking that that total is going to be fluctuating too much regardless of who goes out there. But the money line, it is a little bit of a question mark because with Jose Barrios, he's always had his very demonstrative home and road splits. Throughout his entire career, if you look at Jose Barrios, this dates back all the way to his time with the Minnesota Twins. His ERA is about 1.3 points higher when he is on the road than he is at home. He's been able to do a better job this year, though. He has a 309 home ERA compared to a 362 ERA on the road. That's perfectly fine. He's giving up less than a home run for nine innings on the road. He's been able to do a nice job holding down the fork, giving up about eight and a half strikeouts for nine innings. The walks have not been bad. Barrios has been able to come along for the ride this year. Now, you do have a Baltimore Orioles team that entered in this series. Actually, the number one scoring team in the American League since the 4th of July. Ryan Moncastle, ever since he has gotten back in the fold as he missed much of the month of June due to injury, he has been tremendous. Entering into the series, hitting a 383 since coming out the injury list. Now, got to think that there's going to be a little bit of regression with that because Ryan Dome going on the injury list, he had a 227 batting average at a 264 on base. But with the Orioles, they do a really good job of just not allowing you a break when it comes to this lineup. Typically, you're going to have Adelie Rushman be that leadoff guy, hitting right around about a 370, slugging out 16 home runs. And then from there, hitters like 2 through 7 to 2 through 8. Like, all but one of them are going to have an on-base percentage hovering in the neighborhood about a 310 to a 340. Really nobody that's a whole heck of a lot higher. Really nobody that's a whole heck of a lot lower either. And they do a nice job of platooning with regards to home and road splits as well because they do have a lot of depth that they're able to utilize. You're able to throw like Yuman Urias one night, Ryan O'Hearn the next night. So they've done a good job mixing and matching to get Cedric Mullins who does a great job of being able to seal some bases back in the fold as well. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, it's been interesting to gauge this offense as they've really been hurt negatively by their home ballpark this year. They're averaging about 0.6 runs per game less when they are at home rather than when they are on the road. And now they've got Boba Shep back in the fold. He's been able to supply 18 home runs, hitting at 320. And that's that. You do have a lot of guys that they're just sort of sitting in that neighborhood, about a 335 to a 345, 350-ish with regards to their on-base percentage. Boba Shep, by the way, he's got right around about a 350 on-base, but Flagger Jr., Whit Merrifield, Matt Chapman, these are guys in that fold. I'll lay under Kirk. It's more around about a 330 with regards to his on-base. So these Blue Jays are able to move the line, and they actually have the best batting average among American League teams, and you've got two of the better bullpens in the American League doing battle as well. With the Blue Jays, post-also break, they've been number two in the American League with regards to the bullpen area. They're currently without Jay Jackson, who is someone that I think is highly underrated with regards to this bullpen, but you've had the likes of Bowden Francis, the closer in Jordan Romano, Tim Meza, Eric Swanson, these guys being able to supply a sub-3-5 ERA in them for Baltimore. Obviously, you've got Junior Cano, Felix Batista, who have been able to supply a sub-3 ERA. They have been tremendous all season long, but after that, you do have a big fall for the bullpen. You just don't want any part of Shintaro Fujinami. He has not been good 
all season long. But with Danny Colum now on the injured list, you really have to rely upon Jacob Webb, who since getting to Baltimore has been tremendous, has yet to allow an earned run. But you really do have a shortage after that, seeing how Perez is posting up about a 380 ERA along with Mike Bauman, but you don't have a lot past that. So if you do get Jose Barrios going up against someone like a Cole Irvin, something like that, it's probably going to be a spot where I would set this close to a pick on perhaps the Blue Jays as a very, very slight favorite. If you do get someone like Jack Flaherty because he got scratched from his start yesterday, I will be setting the Orioles more in that minus 125 to minus 130 range, but a lot is dependent upon that. And then with regards to the total, whether it is like Flaherty, whether it is Cole Irvin, most likely going to be a case where nine or less is going to be taking a look at the over nine and a half prior to the under. Nine to nine, nine ten is going to be the DK Network right up pick as we've got the Minnesota Twins and they're going to be playing us the Walker, Texas Rangers as Pablo Lopez goes for the Twins and Interheaney is on the bump. For the Rangers, the Rangers find themselves as underdogs between plus 110 to plus 116. Meanwhile, between minus 123 to minus 130 is your number on Minnesota. Total on this game is 8.5 to 8 on the 8. Overs minus 125. The unders plus 105 on the 8.5. Unders between minus 115 to a minus 120. And the overs between minus 105 to even money. And right up is going to be on the Twins. Want to go really up to about a minus 138, minus 139 with regards to this money line for Pablo Lopez. He has just been mowing them down. He has made four starts thus far this month, giving up one run. He was getting so stinking unlucky towards being part of the season. Every time I watch him, all these Texas leaguers, all these just farty balls, what have you, they would all be falling on him. And yes, I just use the term farty balls. But I mean, for Pablo Lopez, he just had everything going against him. Now things are just really clicking. He has given up three walks, one run, and 25 innings thus far this month. He has really been able to just get the Twins a victory in general as well. You take a look at things ever since really the latter half of the month of June. Since his last start in the month of June, the team has won 72 in his last nine starts with Pablo Lopez. He's got a 3.51 ERA compared to about a 3.19 fielding independent this year, getting 11 strikeouts and 2.3 walks per nine innings. He's been pitching well all season long. Meanwhile, for Andrew Keeney, 427 ERA, right around a 470 fielding independent. Home and road splits, very equal. 430 home ERA, 423 road ERA, but he gives up the deep ball on the road, giving up 1.8 home runs per nine innings, and the Minnesota Twins have been able to lock in with their offense in terms of the deep ball. Entering into Wednesday, 7th in the league with regards to home runs on a per at-bat basis. They don't necessarily do the world's greatest job of being able to move a line, but Home and road, they're a different team at being able to get on base. As at home, able to hit for a batting average, hovering right in the neighborhood about a 252 on the road, entering into yesterday, more like a 227, bottom three mark in the big leagues. Meanwhile, for the Twins, we've got five separate guys who have been able to supply at least 15 home runs this far this season. Max Kepler, Byron Buxton, Michael A. Taylor, Carlos Correa, Joey Gallo, obviously. Byron Buxton, shock, shock, surprise, surprise. Dealing with a little bit of ailment. And you just have a guy in Joey Gallo that's in and out of the full because he has been very much a situational type of guy. But for the Minnesota Twins, around these guys that have been slugging out the deep ball but have really not been able to get on base, you do have the likes of Ryan Jeffers, Eduardo Julian, Donovan Solano, all being able to give you north of a 369 on base. When Matt Wallner has been out there, he's been able to do a terrific job as well. This is a Twins bullpen that is dealing with a few ailments. Brock Stewart just continues to be injured. Oliver Ortega is currently dealing with an ailment as well. But Yohan Doran has been able to do a very solid job 
at the closer spot, in my opinion. One of the better closers that you're going to find in the big leagues. Kel Theobar comes off the injured list. He and Iran have been able to give you a sub-2-8 ERA. And you've been able to have the likes of Emilio Pagan, Griffin Jacks, give you a sub-3-5 ERA. Twins overall for the season, right around league average with regards to their bullpen ERA. And for the tw- Texas Rangers, they are 24th. I believe that their bullpen is a little bit better than this. As You've got some top-flight guys like Jose LeClerc, obviously the closer in Will Smith, Brock Burke, guys like this have been relatively solid, though. Will Smith's ERA has been getting jiggy with it. He's now north of a 4-1 with regards to that ERA. Now for the Texas Rangers, this is a top-scoring team in the American League, but they don't necessarily hit the same when they are on the road rather than when they are at home. Now for the Texas Rangers, when they want to, they can throw out there a lineup of nine guys, of which are all hitting at least a 252. I mean, you should take a look at it. Mitch Garver, Josh Young, Travis Jankowski, Marcus Simeon, Nate Lowe, all in between a 274 to a 280, and the only guy that doesn't have a double-figure amount of homers, that'd be Travis Jankowski. I mean, these guys have been absolutely insane. Now, you do have Young currently on the injured list. A little bit of a rough go of it there, but they call up a young outfielder in J.P. Martinez, who's been able to for the team. Ezekiel Duran has done a great job moving the line, and then you've been dealing with a little bit of ailment with regards to the catcher spot as well. Jonah Heim has been in and out of the fold. Should be good to go for this series. Oh, and then Corey Seager, obviously. 4-11 on base, 23 home runs at about 330 or so at bats, but for the Rangers, they had about 1.7 home runs per game at home. On the road, this falls to about one home run per game, so that's something that does have to worry you just a little bit. For the Rangers, they had about 18 or so points lower when they're on the road rather than when they are at home, and I do think that Pablo Lopez going to see a little regression from giving up one run this far this month, but I like him in this spot better than Heaney. You've got the bullpen advantage when it comes to the Twins, and the Twins, they have much better at home rather than on the road, and for the Rangers, they have much worse on the road rather than at home. So my DK Network right pick that is on the Twins. We'll delay up to a minus 130 on the money line, and I did something total an 8.6, so also looking at this total over. 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board. The Oakland A's at the road face off against the Chicago White Sox. Jesse Schultons goes for the White Sox. Meanwhile, Ken Waldachuk is on the bump for Oakland. Oakland, between a plus 124 to a plus 130 favorite, minus 142 to minus 155 is your number on the White Sox. 9.5 is the total. Over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. Needed at least a plus 172 to take a shot on the Oakland A's. If you're looking at the run line, you're getting that on the uh, White Sox anywhere between plus 130 to a plus 135. If I'm able to get a plus 135, I'm willing to dive in there. Need at least a plus 132. The uh, Oakland A's have actually not been horrible at being able to cover the run line. The straight up wins have not been there. And for Ken Baldachuk, he's pitched better post All Star break. It's still not really good, though, with Waldachuk. He's still giving up about 1.6 home runs per nine innings. He's still hovering in the neighborhood about five walks per nine innings allowed. He gets strikeouts, but also on the road, 729 ERA. And on the road, he's been giving up about 1.8 home runs per nine innings while giving up well north of five walks per nine innings. And for Jesse Schultz, I do think that there's going to be a bit of regression here. Not much of a strikeout guy. He's getting fewer than seven strikeouts for nine innings. But Schultz has been one of the few bright spots for the Chicago White Sox this far this season. About a 450 fielding dependent, 379 ERA. Has just been able to hold down the Ford in general for the team. Coming off of a rough start, giving up five runs on the road at Coors. But that's really the lone start that he's had this year, which he's given up north of three runs. So I do feel a little bit encouraged by what he's been able to provide. And he's going up against an Oakland A's team that is dead last in the big leagues. With regards to runs per game, they are coming off of getting shut up by the Kansas City Royals, and that's not a place where you want to be. I will say Brent Rooker 
Smith would do a nice job of supplying some power on the road. When he's been on the road this year, Rooker has been able to give you 14 home runs at about a 345 on base of Sari Ruiz. He's up to 49 stolen bases. That leads the American League. Doesn't necessarily get on base overly much, a 298 on base, but when he's on base, he's able to steal those bags, but you still have so many guys like J.J. Blade, Seth Brown, Nick Allen, Carlos Perez, guys like this, and you get 225 or lower, like Zach Eloff. He's been able to give you about a 365 on base, but it is an A team that's relatively rough, though they are getting Ryan Noda and his north of 360 on base back to fold and for the White Sox. They really do like discipline. They rank in the bottom two in the big leagues with regards to walks on a per at basis, but you do have Luis Robert giving you 33 home runs, though they really don't have anyone other than Andrew Benatendi giving you north of a 325 on base. They do have guys that are able to get on. Zach Remillard along with Andrew Benatendi, who I just mentioned, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert. Lying at least a 264 for the team. Andrew Vaughn, he's available at about a 255 with 16 home runs. You've had guys like Elvis Andrews, Yohan Mankata, Guys of this nature just not be able to hit for you. Trace Thompson, who comes over from the Dodgers. You need a little bit more out of him, though. He had a multi-hit game on Wednesday, but for both of these teams, the bullpen has been very rough, to say the least. The White Sox are a bottom 16 with regards to their bullpen ERA. You've got Gregory Santos, who's been able to give you a sub-3 ERA, and then Past that, I guess Lane Ramsey has been okay for the team. Sammy Peralta has been able to give you a 3-5 ERA, but they're mixing a match and trying to find anything. And for the Oakland A's, they're just looking for anyone that could get them out whatsoever. Austin Pruitt, he's actually been halfway decent for the team, posting up in the neighborhood about a 3 ERA. Kirby Sneed, when he's been out there in his small sample size, hasn't been bad either. And then everyone else past that pretty much has north of a 4-9 ERA. So it's really rough to be able to trust in the Oakland A's having to travel from west to the Midwest. I did set my total at 9.7. I do think that we see some regression with Schultons, and I do think that the White Sox tattoo well to Chuck and this bad bullpen. So going to be willing to take the White Sox at a plus 135 on the run line and take a look at the 9.5 over. Set my total at 9.7, 9.13, 9.14 on the betting board. The Washington Nationals are on the road facing off against the New York Yankees. For the Yankees, it is to be determined. It's either going to be Garrett Cole or Johnny Burrito. So... You've got a wide range there. Meanwhile, it is going to be Patrick Corbin who is going to be on the bump for the Washington Nationals. So this is a game that's off the board. If you do get Garrett Cole for the Yankees, I'm setting them right around about a minus 220 on the money line. I'd be willing to lay in the neighborhood about a minus 115 on that run line. If it's Johnny Burrito, this is slashed by 60 cents. Maybe even more. What is very interesting is that when Patrick Corbin has been on the mound, the Washington Nationals have actually made you quite a bit of money thus far this season, which is absolutely ridiculous. And for the New York Yankees, they finally busted out of their swoon yesterday. They were the beneficiary of some Washington Nationals errors. And you had Aaron Judge and a pair of home runs, including a grand slam. But I think that the book is out on the New York Yankees. Just avoid Aaron Judge at all costs, and you should be fine as... Other than Aaron Judge, you had one guy in the starting lineup yesterday that entered into the game with north of a 320 on base. That'd be Gleyber Torres. He's on his part. He's been able to give you 19 home runs as he, John Carlos, Stan, Monte Anthony Volpe have all been between 17 and 19 home runs thus far this season. But you've got so many guys that they just can't get on base. As Waldo Peraza, Stan, who I mentioned, Volpe, who I mentioned, Gregory Allen, along with Ben Rothfit, these guys hitting at 220 or lower. They have been just killing the New York Yankees. So you just pitch around Aaron Judge, and you should be fine. And for the Washington Nationals, 
They do a great job of not striking out. They are the top team in the National League with regards to field strikeouts on a per-game basis. And plenty of guys are able to move the line. Joey Manessis, Lane Thomas, both hitting above a 280 with Thomas. He's been able to give you 20 home runs as far this season. C.J. Abrams has been in a little bit of a funk recently, but he's been able to about a 250 as well. Dom Smith, Stone Garrett, these guys hitting above a 260 has been beneficial. And you're up to about 14 to 15 home runs with Keeper Ruiz as well. Now with the Nationals, you always have trepidations with this bullpen. They are a bottom five team in the big leagues with regards to bullpen area, but they have found some nice pieces with Kyle Finnegan, Hunter Harvey, along with Andres Machado. And I do think that for Patrick Corbin, he is very fortunate that he's been able to cash as many tickets as he has been able to for you because though he's been a little bit less unlucky this year than he was a season ago because part of the reason why he was a big fade last season is that just everything went wrong for him. He was pitching really bad, but... At the same time as well, there were some things that did not break his way. It has 631 ERA, but a 483 fielding dependent. His fielding dependent is actually higher this year. His strikeout numbers are down to about six strikeouts per nine innings. Doesn't walk a ton of guys. 2.8 walks per nine innings, but still giving up 1.6 home runs per nine innings. He's just been a little bit less unlucky as far as the season. Meanwhile, for the Yankees, if you get Garakul, recognize that he's coming off of a rough start against the Boston Red Sox, but he has been absolutely tremendous for this team. And if you get Johnny Brito, you're getting a little bit of a roll of the dice there, but with the New York Yankees, if you do get Brito, at the very least, you back him up with the number one bullpen with regards to ERA. It's been a little bit topsy-turvy for them recently, but you saw plenty of guys like Clay Holmes, Wani Peralta, Tommy Canely, Ian Hamilton, and be able to supply a sub-3-2 ERA for this bunch. You've been able to get quite a bit of Keenan Middleton as he's posted up right around a 1 ERA since coming over from the Chicago White Sox as well. So if you do get Corbin versus Garrett Cole, we'll be willing to lay up to about a minus 115 on the Yankees run line to where a 7.5 or less on the total. I'd be looking at the over 8 or higher to the under. If you get Johnny Brito, this is more around a Yankees minus 155 to minus 160 or so money line. I would need a nice plus summer to take a look at that run line. And with regards to that total, then you're probably staring at more around an 8.5 or less the over, 9 or higher to the under. So it very much relies upon if we get Cole or Brito because that is going to change things quite a bit. 9.15, 9.16 on the betting board. The Tampa Bay Rays do play us to the Colorado Rockies. Peter Lambert is on the bump for Colorado and... The Tampa Bay Rays have undecided, so they have made our lives very difficult here. This is a game that is currently off the board. And, well, if you get Tyler Glass now for the Tampa Bay Rays, which is what I was seeing a little bit before, Rays should be a Mondo favorite. I set them at a minus 268 if they are able to get Tyler Glass now out there on the field. If you don't get Tyler Glass now and you get a bullpen game, this is going to be shrunk by north of 70 cents. This is very much reliant upon what we do get on that front as Zach Eflin is lined up for Friday. So very interesting to see what the Tampa Bay Rays do here, here. But if you do get the poo-poo platter of pitchers against Peter Lambert, probably would be staring at the Rays in the neighbor of a $2 favorite as the Rays, they've had to use quite a few bullpen pieces recently, but they have been able to do a good job of being able to mix and match, and that's just what the Rays do, and if they're able to get just enough to be able to get into those trustworthy bullpen guys, and I'm talking about Colm Poucher, Sean Armstrong, Pete Fairbanks, Jason Adam, these guys that have been able to supply a sub-3 ERA, that's big, and they've done a good job of mixing and matching with Jake Diekman and Robert Stevenson. Pair of guys that they pulled off the scrap heap. They've been able to get a sub-3 25 ERA out of those guys as well. But you just need a little bit of length 
out of someone. And for the Rays, their offense has been a little bit all over the place as well as you still have, even with the Wander Franco situation, a grand total of seven different guys have been able to give you at least 16 home runs thus far this season. And all but two of them are hitting above at 250. At the very least, they were entering into Wednesday. Yandy Diaz has been able to give you 400 base. The power numbers are down, but he's still doing a solid job of being able to move the line. Randy Orozarena was dealing with a little bit of a rough patch recently. The home run power is way down. He has only been able to give the team two home runs over the last three days, but over the last 15 games, north of a four-hour base, so he's starting to move the line once again. You've been able to have Jose Siri be able to pound out 24 home runs at about 290 at bat, so that's something that you do like to see, but for the Colorado Rockies, their home and road splits are no longer just as unsightly as they have been in past years. The Rockies last year, they were like towards the top of the big leagues with regards to runs per game at home, and they had three runs per game on the road. Not like they're lighting the world on fire with right around 3.7 to 3.8 runs per game on the road, but they've been a little bit more equal as you've been able to have some of these young guys be able to rise up. Someone like Nolan Jones has been able to give you a 355 on base. He's been able to do a solid job pounding out a double-figure amount of homers. Brendan Rodgers, they have trotted him back up there to the big leagues. He, Ryan McMahon, both hitting between about a 252 and 260. Ezekiel Tovar is also hitting a 260 as well. So these guys have been able to do a solid job. You get Charlie Blackman back in fold as well. And for the Colorado Rockies, Peter Lambert is improved from what he has been in past years. Now, he can't be much worse than he was in past years. As in past years, he was not getting any strikeouts whatsoever. He was supposed to get up in the area. That was right in the neighborhood of six. So it was not a good situation to say the least, but for Peter Lambert, about a 5.02 ERA, the fielding independent, more on a 5.35. He's been able to get up to right around seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Last time he was up at the big leagues in 2021, that was more around five strikeouts per nine innings. Still giving up 1.8 more home runs per nine innings, but keep in mind his home ballpark is Coors. He has given up three runs or fewer in each out of his previous two starts. Going up against the White Sox and the Dodgers on the road, giving up four runs and 13 innings in that stretch is honestly not too bad. So I do take a look at this Rockies bunch, and if they are playing against a bullpen game of the Tampa Bay Rays, this would be a spot where a eight or less, I'd be taking a look at the over an eight and a half higher to the under. If we see a really bad Rays game, I might be willing to push it up to an eight and a half or less to the over nine or higher to the under, but I'm thinking eight or less to the over. And with regards to the Rockies, we'll be setting them more around a $2 underdog plus $2 or higher against a Rays bullpen game. I'd be willing to back them. If you get Tyler Glass out for some reason, we'll be willing to lay up to about a minus 138 on that Rays run line, and we'll be setting them closer to a minus 270. And we wrap things up with 917, 918 on the bank board, the LA Dodgers. They hit their other facing off against the Cleveland Guardians. We do know that it's going to be Gavin Williams who's going to be on the bump for the Guardians. Looks like Lance Lynn is going to be getting an extra day of rest. And through the grapevine, it sounds like we're getting Ryan Pepe out who's going to get the start. For the Dodgers, this is a game that is completely off the board as well, so they did not make our lives easy. And if you do get Pepeot versus Williams, I said the Dodgers minus 133 on the money line and a total to where an 8.5 or less, I'm looking at the over a 9 or higher to the under. For Pepeot, just got back to the big league level a few days ago as he was dealing with some offseason surgery, injuries, what have you. And did not look bad against Miami Marlins. Five strikeouts, one run allowed, and a little bit of a bulk appearance. Would not be surprised if the Dodgers perhaps use the opener mentality slash system for this one as well. But he is going up against someone in Gavin Williams that the 1-4 record does not do justice for how he's pitched. He's given up less than a home run per nine innings. So one thing with Gavin Williams is that he's going to need to tame down the walks. He has been giving up 
in that neighborhood about 3.3 to 3.4 walks per nine innings. But Williams is able to mow them down. Nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings, 302 ERA, 382 fielding independent. But he has gotten six plus punch outs in four out of his last five starts. I have been highly impressed by Gavin Williams. Now, what I have not been impressed by is this Cleveland Guardians offense, a offense that is dead last in the big leagues with regards to total home runs. You do have Jose Ramirez, who's up to 19 bombs thus far this season. But that said, you've got Andre Jimenez and Gabriel Arias, who have a combined 18 home runs. That's a bit of an issue. And the Guardians actually made the playoffs last year, being second worst in the big leagues with regards to total home runs. But the big reason why is that you had the likes of Ahmed Rosario. It's now on the other side for the Dodgers, Stephen Kwan. Will Brennan, Oscar Gonzalez, Andre Semenes, all hitting at least a 270 for this team. The only guy that entered into the day on Wednesday that was actually on the roster hitting above a 258 was Stephen Kwan at right around a 270. So that's an issue for the Cleveland Guardians being off the LA Dodgers. They're a pretty big average team with regards to their actual batting average, but they are number one in the big leagues with regards to walks drawn on a per at basis. You've got so many guys that they just find a way on base. Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman. A combined 57 home runs between the two of them. Freeman hitting a 332 with a 410 on base. Betts about a 400 on base, 300 batting average. These guys have been tremendous. J.D. Martinez has dealt with a few ailments last few weeks, but still has 25 home runs, hitting a 255. Max Muncy, prime example of what we see with the Dodgers. Hitting below a 200, but 330 on base, slugging out 29 home runs. They just have so much power within that lineup. And for the L.A. Dodgers, what has been big for them as well, and this is going to be big for Preppy out, is that their bullpen is number one in the National League with regards to ERA post-All-Star break. Evan Phillips, Bruce Sarter, Gratterall, Caleb Ferguson being able to supply a sub-3-3 ERA has been big. Ryan Brazier, since he came over from the Boston Red Sox, he's been able to supply a sub-2 ERA. Now you saw the likes of Gus Varlin, Alex Vessia. You don't want too much of a part of them, but this bullpen has really been able to come to the forefront. Meanwhile, for the Cleveland Guardians, it's still at the top six team with regards to bullpen ERA. They get James Karinchek in the fold, and he was dealing with an injury the last few months and just has not been himself in general this season, but you saw in this bullpen the likes of Anyade Los Santos, Eli Morgan, Trevor Steven, Michael Kelly, these guys that have been able to give you a sub-3-4 ERA Emmanuel Classe. He's been a little bit up and down as a closer, but we all know what he's capable of. So this is a circumstance where I need at least plus 134 to be able to take a shot on the Cleveland Guardians, minus 132 or less, looking at the Dodgers, and ain't half or less looking at the over 9 or higher to the under, and that will wrap things up. For the Thursday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family and Podcast, a big thanks to Jovan Alford. He does great work over at FTM Bets. He joined me in the last segment. If you do like cheering from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have any question, comment, segment idea, what I have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we'll fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM, maybe it does not matter, so that's pretty usual. Please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, terrible fire and whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast, find that five-star review, and I'll be with you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. This means I'm with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, 
Oh my god, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.